0: At the end of time.
1: 13. O'clock. Hey, everybody. What's going on? It's Wednesday night, I think.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's Wednesday. Am I in the shot? Am yeah, I, you're you're shot.
1: you're well in the okay. shot.
2: You're fine. All you're right. fine. It's Wednesday. It's the regular show. We're starting at a, a little bit of a later time because Jen uh, works. She comes home at five now. And she's no, got six. She's like, I six. I, I didn't get home
1: till six because yeah. it takes me an hour what? to drive from
2: there. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> then I wanted to have time to have some dinner and yeah, go so, through my notes again and all that other kind of stuff. Yeah.
2: So it's just the way it's going to be, at least for now.
1: Yeah, you know. I mean, I even printed out the notes for the show and, like, took them so I could read them on my lunch hour. Yeah. (laughs) And I don't know, like, you know, I I don't know how long we'll be able to go on because it's like I'll probably start getting tired and worn out and stuff.
2: Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, well, the three-hour show action, you know how it is. (laughs) (laughs) They should only be two hours anyway, Max, if you ask me. Yeah, probably.
1: Yeah. Um hey jen how's the job got any boss from hell stories yet no i mean everybody there is really nice i've really only been there like two or three days so it's not really that big of a deal i mean everybody's pretty quiet and you know it's just i'm not you know it's taken a while because i'm not really like used to having to go into like an office and do stuff and the drive is kind of kicking my ass you know what i mean so we'll see we'll see how it goes Ben says, I've been working like a slave all week, getting books ready to sell at the market this weekend. In an hour, I have to go meet one of my friends who has a van to bring some boxes here from storage. Well, good luck with that. Uh, Like I said, you know, we'll... um, I don't don't know. Like, what time is it now? It's 7.30. So Mm. I don't... Yeah, I would really rather this not go past 9.30 because, like I said, I would really like to just... (laughs) Be able to like just take a shower and relax and like watch a for, movie or
2: something. For some reason, um, this tablet is not running uh, YouTube. I don't know what it is. Well, I don't know what to tell you. I didn't do He's gonna it. We have to get the other
1: tablet. Hold on, one second. He's gonna have to go get the yeah. other tablet. Camp guy said, "I like the later time makes me stay up a little longer. Normally, I go to bed early, like eight or nine p.m." <laughs> I have been, I don't think I've ever felt, well, I don't know. I think I've probably fallen asleep at like nine or nine 30 before, but, um, usually I fall asleep by 10 30, but sometimes earlier, like what I've been doing lately, because like I said, I've been getting up really, really early, like, um, to go because I have to leave the house at like 10 to seven like, to get there by 8 o'clock, just to, like, make sure that I get there. And the that... Yeah. Oh Jesus Christ, what are you doing? <laughs> Working, what are you doing? <laughs> well, I'm trying to work, too, and yeah. you're making all this kind of noise. And it's, like, I don't... It's already well, didn't like get in, but the, the the volume was on. already kind of distracted. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then camp guy said, I get up a lot in the middle of the night. Yeah, I do, too. I do, too. So I've been waking up at, like, quarter to five... And like not being able to get back to sleep, so just getting up. You know what I mean? So just like I'll kind of lay there and like look at the clock for half an hour, and then it's like quarter
2: past five, and I'm just like, fuck it. And then I just get up. Okay, it's working now. See everybody. Okay, yeah, I've got a pretty good sized crowd. Everybody's here. That's good.
1: <clears throat> yeah, Zach said the weird thing is since I've moved back into my parents' place, I haven't been falling asleep till 2 or 3 a.m., and I've never dealt with that this often before. Yeah, I mean, I've been like. I'll put on, like, a like a show, like, on Netflix or something like that, and usually I'll fall asleep, like, before one episode has even gone. Like, you know what I mean? And last night it sucks because we were supposed to do it. Um, we were supposed to talk about Gattaca last night, but we're going to have to push that back till the weekend because I got home and I was just, and I had this huge pile of, like, freelance work that I had to do. Um, you know, because I couldn't do it while I was at work, obviously. So I had to come home and do it. And then it took until, like, 10.30 at night. And then I just, like, fell asleep. So, Trey says, uh, I got Sisters of Mercy tickets. I'm going to the Detroit show. Yeah, I heard they were touring. I saw somebody post about it earlier. So, I've seen them a bunch of times. Didn't we, did we see them together? No. Mm, I haven't seen them in the modern era. Oh. No. I've seen them lots of times. Yeah, okay. Like, I've, like... I heard
2: this. it's always a bad show.
1: True. It's not bad. Okay. Um, it's, but, you know... You can't really see them, but... Because
2: right. <laughs> yeah, they of the, just smoke everything out. Yeah,
1: but yeah. that's kind of like... Well, that's why we kind of laughed at the... um When we went and saw the cover band, yeah. The Temple of Mercy, because they kind of did the same yeah. thing. <laughs> and I was like, I like that. It's like, you know what I mean? I thought that was a good idea.
2: All right, so today is a uh, pre-Valentine's Day show. <clears throat> it's going to be about serial killer couples. And we got two of them. Yeah. And I know how Jenny does. If she does more than one case... Bitch is going to be long. This is going to be. Gonna I be tried like three to keep these that.
1: short for, for real because, okay. well, the thing about it is that I was looking at our past ones because we didn't do it every Valentine's Day, but like a lot of Valentine's Day shows, we did like killer couple shows. Yeah. And so we've covered a lot of the big ticket ones. Like, we've done, like, Fred and Rosemary West. We've done, like, Brady and Hindley. We've done, I th- we did a show about Bonnie and Clyde. We did shows about, so I'm kind of, like, getting, I don't want to say scraping the bottom of the barrel, but I'm not sure if that's appropriate in the situation. But I'm getting to ones that, you know, ones that we haven't talked about. Because I kind of feel like we've covered a lot of them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Ray and Faye Copeland and all those kind of people. Like, I know that we did those on some other shows in the past. So these two, I don't think we've covered them. Like I searched on our show, and I didn't see these two. Like one of the stories sounded kind of familiar, but I think what might have happened was that I might have had them slated to be on one of the old shows, and then we just didn't get to it. So because I'm pretty sure, you know, it didn't look like we had covered it previously. So and I wanted to do ones too where it was just because there's one. There was one that I was thinking about doing that was like a Russian family but it was a whole family though it's like not just a couple it's like a couple and their grown kids who are also serial killers like so they're just like killing people left and right so i wanted ones in particular that were kind of like couples that were serial killers you know what i mean yeah so these are some of the few that are like that are left of like the ones because this is not you know we've talked about this before it's not a real common it's not all that common you know what i mean serial killers tend to be uh, you know lone wolves i guess it happens though but it does happen yeah. and like the synergy of it is yeah. always like really really strange i feel yeah. like
2: oh. serial killer will recruit some girlfriend who's a, who's like a satellite who fucking helps him and shit sometimes you know some of the surviving victims say that the the girlfriend was worse than the than the than the serial killer too uh like you know the, the yeah yeah isn't isn't, isn't the, wasn't it the West couple? Yeah, and Fred was, and Rosemary. Yeah. Yeah, that couple. That one girl that survived said Rosemary was worse than he was.
1: Yeah, it really kind of takes a special kind of lady yeah. to um <laughs> to end up in this situation. Yeah, he said he,
2: she said she was more afraid of him. Or she said, she said that she was more afraid of her than yeah. she was him. Even though he was the one that did all the killing.
1: Yeah, that's. I mean. These two are kind of similar in some ways. One of them is an American case, and one of them is a French case. Um, but yeah, we'll get into that. So Dave is here, I see. I think that's who that is. Isn't that you, Dave? Big Little? I thought that was like your <laughs> name from before. Slasher Fred said, speaking of Bonnie and Clyde, one of these days, you should watch and review the 1967 classic. We didn't wa- We didn't do the movie? Mm. We did a show about Bonnie and Clyde there, yeah. right? Like recently? Okay. Yeah. But we didn't do the movie. Yeah. What no. the fuck was I thinking? Okay. No. I must have like been confused about whether we did the movie or we did the like did a thing about it. Camp Guy said biggest single family massacre was in Arkansas. A dude killed fourteen members of his own family and two neighbors in just one incident. Mm-hmm. I feel like I remember hearing about that, but I can't mm-hmm. remember exactly like what happened with that. You know what I mean? Um, all right so do we have anything <laughs> he said yeah it's me yeah I thought I remembered that that was that that was your screen name at some time um do we have anything that we need to uh address or get into or anything like that no. before
2: we get into the no, actual no we really actually should start the show just in case, <laughs> just,
1: in just, case. In case just, just in case just in case I fall asleep yeah, on the keyboard right yeah <laughs>
2: let's just get this over with I <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, no. I mean, I want it to be a fun show, though. Well, it
2: will be a fun show. It's just that we have to get we we have to put this one on on a fast track. Yeah, that that's true. We can't fuck around like we like we normally would. We can't, but we can fuck around a little bit. But not fuck around too. in the show. Let's just start yeah. the show.
1: and I'm and I am right. drinking, but this is like very that's very weak. weak. Yeah, it's one of those like twisted tea things. That yeah, I just put it in because it's much better when you put it on ice. Just out of the can, it's like not so great. Yeah, they
2: weren't that great out of the can.
1: They're alright, they're just kind of like... There's not
2: a, actually a lot of flavor to them, no, to be honest. I thought it'd be better than... I thought it'd be like a Lipton tea. You know, like the Lipton brisk? I thought right. it was gonna be like that. It, it's not... Like brisk, but boozy? Yeah, but it, it's not what it tastes like. No, it doesn't. It tastes more like beer, if you ask me.
1: It does, kind of. Yeah. It does a little bit. <laughs> Big Little said the fuckery will be slim to nothing tonight. I doubt that. We always yeah. kind of say that, and then, like, you know, shit happens. But, you know... Uh, All right, so the first couple that I would like to talk about, these motherfuckers, uh, Cynthia Kaufman and James Gregory Marlowe. Now, here's what's really interesting about this. Cynthia Kaufman actually has her own Wikipedia page, but her boyfriend does not, even though they killed people together. And I don't really get why. I guess because she's like one of the very few women on death row like in california maybe that's what it is so maybe that's why she has her own thing and he's just like just your run-of-the-mill fucking killer you know what i mean so yeah and uh i don't know so okay so let's get into this so cynthia kaufman let's talk about her a little bit so she actually apparently came from um a pretty well-off family so it's not a case of Uh, you know, that she had, like, a real shitty upbringing or anything like that. Um, Apparently, her parents were quite wealthy. She grew up in St. Louis, and she was born in 1962. Now, they were, like, real, real strict Catholics, though, so I don't know if that tells you anything. Now, uh, she seemed like she was a little bit of a wild child uh, from her teenage years. She actually got pregnant when she was 17 years old. And because... Catholics, uh they were like yeah well you can't get an abortion so her parents made her marry the father of the baby and uh they stayed married for like five years before she was like fuck this and ran away from home essentially yeah, what country was this again this US? is no this is US. u.s okay no the second one's france but okay. this one's just regular old united states
2: what year did you say it was again um 70s, well
1: 70s. Mur- no well she was born in the 60s but um the murders were mostly in the 80s okay mur- murders were mostly in the 80s so uh so yeah so she decided fuck it and she just like lit out for the territories pretty much uh she just took her car and her clothes and that's it now she's next heard of in arizona and she's working in a diner and she moves in with this guy that she met. Now, um, her and the boyfriend, they lived in a little bitty apartment. And in 1985, they got evicted because they were having like drunken parties all the time. So, you know, that's that's just what happens. Now, in May of 1986, Cynthia and her then boyfriend, I don't know what his name was because he's like incidental in this case, but they got pulled over for running a stop sign. Now, when this was in Barstow, when the cops looked in uh, her purse, they found a loaded Derringer and a whole bunch of meth. Now, even though, I mean, this is California in the 80s, but they um, they let her go. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> They're just kind of like meth and a loaded gun. We're in the 80s. All right, you're fine.
2: In the 80s, meth wasn't considered anything serious, really. You know, they, that was the crack epidemic time. They weren't focusing on meth. The average person didn't even know what that was. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? Fucking that'd be like getting pulled over and they find an ephedrine, you know. And then in, in, in California, you know, you could have guns in California. And, you know, derringers, that's a two-shot over and under little subcompact type pistol that goes back to the 1800s. That's traditional for ladies' pistol, purse pistol. They're not gonna, they're not gonna do anything about that. This is my little purse pistol. Yeah, one. this is my belt. little purse meth. Yeah. <laughs> well, the meth they didn't think purse that was meth. that wasn't a big deal to them, and then neither was that little pistol.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, because yeah. I I remember like not meth not being like a really big thing no. until fairly recently. Yeah, until it became a problem. Yeah, they,
2: people didn't know what that was.
1: Yeah, Murder Hornet said I didn't know about meth until the two thousands. Yeah, I don't think I yeah. did either, honestly. Right. Like, cause I remember like in the seventies and eighties, growing up, like everything was everything was coke, you know, everything was cocaine and nin- heroin.
2: In the nineties, in the army, we would go up before a field problem, which is going out to, going out to the field field training in the infantry, 1st first. We'd go out to the local local um, uh, liquor store and buy bottles of ephedrine. Yeah, because it'd keep you awake. Right? Yeah, evidently that shit's illegal as shit now. Ephedrine because you can take it and turn that into uh meth yeah there's a with a pretty easy uh pretty simple process it's like an ingredient to make meth so i don't think can, i don't think you can get it anymore most states but we were just popping them things man to keep them fall asleep at night you know trying to stay awake just things ta- things change you know
1: well, yeah, I think it's what. Like, yeah. Well, can't you like make meth out of um like cold medicine cold or medicine, something like yeah. that? That's why it's always like locked yeah. up at the fucking store now. Yeah, like I think gotta, it's the main ingredient in cold medicine. Yeah, like they got to card you like to buy the to buy the fucking cold medicine. I, I haven't bought any cold medicine in a long time. Uh, yeah, Camp Guy said they keep it behind the pharmacist counter. Yeah, what they that's had one.
2: here what they had here in Florida this is recently. It was something called It was called potpourri, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. No bath, no, not bath. They called it bath salts, and then they called it potpourri. And you could go to a local dr- uh, dr- uh, liquor store and buy a little bag of potpourri. And if you were to smoke that, you'd get high as hell because the Chinese laced it with all kinds of weird synthetic drugs. You just had to know it was sold as potpourri, though. Yeah, it's just <laughs> like potpourri. And then it, somehow they put it out on this. They put the word out through the underground. That if you smoke that potpourri, it's got shit in it. And it's the same thing with bath salts. It was, they were sold as bath salts, but I guess you smoked it and yeah. you got really high off of it. Sneaky. And it was, that's how the Chinese were getting stuff in here. Mango said, I thought that was an urban myth. <laughs> no. I think it was bath salts why that dude chewed that other guy's
1: face off. See, I thought that they found out that he didn't have any drugs in his system. I haven't, like,
2: yeah. I don't remember. He like, said nothing what... came up, but it was probably because it was bath salts. They probably didn't have a test for it. They probably don't know what's in those bath salts. Well, you'd think that something weird would come
1: up, though, if it was making you high enough to, like, eat someone else's face off. Drugs
2: can do fucking weird things, and they, they, they were synthetic designer drugs that didn't exist before. So they weren't illegal. You yeah. Know what I mean? To yeah, make something illegal, like... they have to identify the molecule or the compound. And they weren't doing that. They would just make a brand new compound and put it in something like potpourri and sell it. And just tell the people who sold it at the liquor store, hey, this is a drug, by the way, if you smoke it you get really high. And that's it just oh, it sells like crazy, doesn't it? I don't know they must be smoking it you know I don't know how funny
1: like the person at the bodega or
2: whatever this is drugs by the way yeah (laughs) I can imagine yeah you go in there and there's all these little packets of fucking potpourri what the fuck is that
1: Chinese man I mean, I figure that anything, like, you go into any of those kind of, like, convenience stores or anything like Drug that. Drug convenience Well, store. like, anything that's on yeah. the counter yeah. that you're like, why would they
2: be selling that on the counter? Yeah. It's because it's drugs. The one they used to have was a little glass tube. Yeah. And the glass tube, I think it had a couple little corks, one on either side. And in the middle was a little paper rose in there. And it, it was supposed to be cute as hell. And you go like, oh, give me that little rose. And it was, like, for a dollar. That was a crack pipe what it was yeah put crack in and f- blow that shit out put a crack in f- smoke it through that fucking pipe glass <laughs> rod fucking
1: that's pretty funny yeah yeah camp guys they in in your bathrooms when you have a Christmas party yeah <laughs> Yeah, that'd be a great fucking party but yeah see we did get distracted we did fuck around yeah we're but talking right about talk, talking yeah. about purse meth yeah <laughs> I do not have any meth in my purse not yeah. that I know of anyway um so yeah So what ends up happening, she has the purse meth and the purse pistol, but she gets released and the charges were dropped, right? Now, her boyfriend, though, he ended up uh, getting like just a six-week stint in the county jail. Now, interestingly, because her boyfriend, you know, was in jail and he went and she went to visit him, she ended up meeting his cellmate, who ended up being the other half of the serial killer couple. So yeah, so it was the cellmate. So that guy's name was James Gregory Marlowe. Now he happened to be in the jail at this point for stealing his sixth wife's car. So Cynthia comes in and uh, sees him and apparently is completely uh, taken with his awesomeness or whatever i don't know it it, apparently it was kind of like love at first sight or whatever now this guy um he sounds like a real charmer I i have to say now ever since he was 10 years old uh he'd been a thief uh and actually in 1980 he was sent to folsom prison for a bunch of like home invasions and like robberies that he'd done at knife point uh he actually got three years for that And when he was in prison, uh, he actually became known as the Folsom Wolf. And he was also a Mm Neo-Nazi. So great. Like he had all the Aryan Brotherhood tattoos and all that other kind of stuff. So like I said, he sounds like a real winner. So, So yeah, so Cynthia is at this jail visiting her other boyfriend. And then she sees like, ooh, who's your cellmate? So yeah, the two of them like fell in love and the boyfriend whose name we don't know, (laughs) <laughs> who, and who was the one that facilitated this whole thing uh she's just like uh, who I, I don't know who that is so uh marlo got out It's so, like i said he was uh, he wasn't in there for that long and they uh started going um they left california like as a couple now marlo actually had some relatives down south so they started kind of going and hanging out with them and like sponging off them all the time like it's like hey can we crash at your house or you know um and then sometimes when they would do that they would then they would like take shit out of their purses and steal money from them shit like that and then finally like the relatives would be like will you just get the fuck out of here please before you steal us out of house and home so there was that so uh so yeah so basically uh after all of his relatives had basically said fuck off you fucking spongers uh they ended up being like homeless for a time they were like sleeping in the woods and whatnot now in july of 1986 uh the couple were actually suspected of a burglary in uh kentucky and they actually stole a bunch of cash like a shotgun and like a bunch of jewelry as well and then they ran off to tennessee and got married isn't that romantic yeah, um, and when they got married, you're gonna love this. When they got married, Cynthia commemorated the occasion by having a tattoo on her butt yeah. that said, "I belong to the Folsom Wolf." <laughs> okay, keep it classy, Cynthia. Yeah, she's
2: keeping
1: it classy. Right? <laughs> I mean, on her butt. Uh, yeah, yeah, she loves the that's need. dedication, man. She loves the woman's dedicated. <laughs> Well, we'll see how that goes in yeah. a minute. Yeah, mean <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> I mean, he probably told her to do that. Yeah, it's like a tattoo <laughs> on your ass. Put Just... me on your
2: ass. <laughs> that yeah, that totally. <laughs> that, way, like... that way, that way, when you're cheating, that dude can look down and see <laughs> who you belong to, who you really belong to.
1: See, I think that's and what then he... bring me the
2: money. That's what he
1: was thinking, yeah, probably. Yeah. Ben says, I think there was a true crime book called Property of the Folsom Wolf. Well, it might've been about these two motherfuckers. Years. So yeah. So yeah, tattoo on the butt. That's really, really nice. So so then after that, uh, they started heading back out west again. Now in October of 1986, there was a 32 year old woman named Sandra Neary. And she lived in uh, Costa Mesa, California. And she was going out this evening to just get some cash out of an ATM, and she disappeared. Uh, They found her car nearby, but they did not find her. Two weeks after that, uh, October 24th, 1986, they found her strangled body, uh, hikers found her, in Riverside County. The next victim was a 35-year-old woman named Pamela Simmons. Uh, She was actually reported missing from Bullhead City, uh, Arizona, rather, on October 28th. Now, they found her car, like, abandoned near the police headquarters there in town. And they thought, just like the first victim, that she had been kidnapped, like, while she was taking money out of uh, an ATM, like, by the curb. Um, and then 10 days after that, on November 7th, a 20-year-old woman, Corona Novis, she also disappeared while she was taking some money out of an ATM. And that was in Redlands, California. Um, and this happened, actually, she was, like, um, getting money from an ATM, like, in broad daylight. It was, like, at a shopping mall. And she disappeared from there. Um, the next victim was named Lionel Murray. And she was 19. She was actually a college student uh, in psychology. And she was supposed to meet her boyfriend after work, but she didn't show up. So he went to her work to check where she had gone and found her car outside. She worked at like a dry cleaning shop. And uh, the car was there, but obviously she was not there. The day after that, they found her body. Uh, She was naked. She had been strangled. They found her in a motel room in Huntington Beach. Hmm. Uh, she had also been uh,
2: raped. So uh you didn't know who rented the hotel room. Well, I no, we'll, no. I must've been under a fake uh, an alias, huh? Well, we'll we'll, we'll find that out. That okay. out. We'll, we'll find that out like in a little bit.
1: So what ended up happening? So this, you have to think, this is like a very brief span of time. This is only like a few months. This is more like a spree. I feel like these two are on because spoiler alert, that's who it was. It was these two motherfuckers. What ended up happening was that one of the victims, Corona Novis, they found her checkbook in a dumpster. And it was inside, like somebody had thrown out, like gotten some fast food. Uh, in a bag and had put the checkbook in there and like thrown it in the dumpster and inside the fast food thing were, um it was either I did, can't remember if it was like receipts or if it was like motel things yeah. that had Cynthia Kaufman and James Marlowe's
2: names on them wonder how somebody found that somebody dumpster diving I, it's possibly I don't know and then you find a checkbook in the garbage can and you assume well this has something to do with the murder that's weird you know how do you find something like that? Well, it could have been that the um, name was famous in the area or something, maybe, and they found it. it goes, oh, well, that's what thing, I'm saying. was like girl got killed, right? Hmm. And I'm
1: thinking maybe the dumpster wasn't that far away from like where her body was maybe, found. Maybe that's what it was. So maybe the cops were searching it because right. that's I think that's pretty standard operating right. procedure is like to go through the trash and stuff like that because you never know.
2: Trash in the area,
1: right? I mean, you would think. But yeah, so these two dumbasses, like there was paperwork with their name on it, like in a fast food bag that had this dead woman's checkbook in it. Dumbasses. Well, you know they didn't seem like the yeah. brightest bulbs, gotta tell you. Um, and also, <laughs> this, is, like I said, these two are not not really all that bright. So around the same time that they found this bag, uh, they also were uh, connected to this other motel room in San Bernardino. Now, the manager, like, after, I guess after they checked out or whatever, but they, he went in there, and you know how there's, like, motel stationery? So, they had been practicing signing the name of Lionel Murray, like, one, one of, of the, the women victims, yeah. that was killed. Yeah, they were yeah. practicing signing her name. So, and they had checked into the hotel under their real names because, like, you know, the manager said, yeah, here's their shit. Like, you know what I mean? So the cops were like, uh, okay. So they knew who they were looking for then, and then they, like, checked the criminal record and all that other kind of stuff. So they put out, like, a statewide, you know, APB for these two idiots.
2: Go ahead and hit that like button, people. Yeah, everybody. Like. Super chats are active, and so so is super thanks. If you guys want to put something in the... Uh in the tip jar, if you're listening to this recorded, and uh, super thanks goes for all the way back in the past, all the old videos that we did. Now you can put a super thanks on them. I think they, I think they should the all problem. have that. They should all have that. I mean, it's, I didn't go back and look yeah. at all of them, but yeah.
1: it, they technically
2: they're. Yeah. So to. right now they got people listening to those old videos that didn't hear me say that and never will. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> head blown up, head blowing up.
1: Well, I mean, you have to, like, think about that, because yeah. I get comments on, like, really yeah. old videos, like, right. all the time. Yeah. yeah. And I get, like, comments from people that's like, oh, I just found your channel, you know what I mean? Like, Most from ch- some
2: old-ass video. Most of the channel's income doesn't have to do with the new shows, it's all the old shows added up. That's pretty, yeah, the, pretty much. That's where all the uh, ad revenue's coming
1: from. Because, they, yeah, they do build up, like, after yeah. a while. Like, because we've done Big so Big footprint. We've done so many. Yeah. I mean, what? This is episode. What did I say it was? Three hundred thirty-eight. Well, well and that uh, doesn't count like all the movie reviews. Well, I think
2: too. super chats end up being more than uh, being more than uh, ad revenue, doesn't it? Um,
1: I, it's hard to tell because they just lump it all together. Okay. They yeah. just give you one lump sum, like once a month. Okay. You know what I mean? Like that's that's everything. And they've also started giving ad revenue for shorts now too. Okay. So I might have to like start putting some shorts up, but when I have time, which
2: I don't, right? <laughs> but you know what I mean. Not until not until all this shit evens out.
1: Yeah, once we get everything figured out. Like yeah. I said, it's like I feel bad that we didn't do as many movie reviews, but we might have to cut the movie reviews back to just doing one on Sunday. Yeah, because then that way, like, gotta pay know, bills. I'll have man. more time. Yeah, gotta, gotta pay I'll have bills. More time. Like I can do this because. If I know what the topic is, yeah. then like I said, I can do all the notes over the weekend and then read them like on my lunch hour and like yeah. prepare. I won't be able to like watch a bunch of documentaries and stuff like I used to, but
2: right
1: because I don't won't have that much
2: time to that keep night. the show going. Though you got to get a job so we can pay bills. Well, yeah, I know. You know? <laughs> so I gotta like work it yeah. out somehow. Right, <laughs> you know
1: what I mean? Yeah, we're figuring it out. But like I said, right. this is the first week that I started, so it's yeah. like I'm still. She's still, adjusting to, still adjusting to the new schedule. I'm still adjusting to the new schedule and like trying to figure out like the best way of doing shit and It's not the work like hours
2: it's getting her. It's the fucking two hours of wasted time during the commute.
1: Right. That's, yeah, that kind of sucks. I yeah. mean, when I get, um, that's the thing, like when I get like my phone, cause as it is now, cause my direction, my sense of direction is really, really bad. So I still have to have the GPS on yeah. when I go back and forth. Otherwise I'll forget where I'm going because I've only been there like a few times so, once I don't need that anymore, then I can maybe, like, run some podcasts, like, through my phone. So, I could actually, like, listen to podcasts yeah. about topics that we're doing, like, while I'm... So, yeah. at least I'm not feeling like I'm wasting all that time. Right. You know what I mean? So, that's kind of what I'm doing. But, like I said, I still have to have the GPS on right now, and I have to, like, listen to her. Because otherwise, I'll get distracted and, like, forget where I'm at. <laughs> but, when well, it's a good thing today, because today, for some reason i was coming home and the lady on the gps was like hey we found you a route that's four minutes faster and i was like uh okay that's, mm. i don't know what the fuck i think they were doing road work like mm. up the road and they just she steered me no around ice that. yeah 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 mango said it will all come together yeah i know it's just it's stressful like when i because i had like a you know system and everything and now everything's like disrupted and You know what I mean? Like, it'll be good to have money and stuff, but everything's gonna be fucking kind of catch-as-catch-can for a little while until I get everything figured out. But we'll get it all figured out at some point. Um, So, yeah. Um, Where was I? Okay, so... uh, So they are looking for these stupid people, right? So they put out, like, a, a statewide alert. Now... Uh, These people, on November 14th, 1986, uh, the cops were called by a manager uh, at a, like a mountain lodge resort type of thing in Big Bear City, California, and said, hey, those two motherfuckers you're looking for, uh, they're staying here. So, like I said, they're probably using their real names, like they don't really seem like they were trying to hide or nothing like that. So they call, like, the fucking cavalry out there, man, like a hundred cops go out there to try and catch them um but by the time they got there they uh the people had like am sprayed you know what i mean they weren't like in there anymore so they swept out into the woods like looking for them and it took them a couple hours but they did actually find him they just found him like walking along the side of the road they had run from the hotel because they knew the cops were coming but they found them just like walking down the street later on so they got arrested and uh they didn't put up a fight or anything like that they just let allowed themselves to be taken into custody both of them were wearing clothes that they had stolen from the dry cleaning shop where they had kidnapped, kidnapped one of their victims, Lionel Murray. So, you know, again, keep it classy. And also, uh, after they were taken into custody, they didn't really try to, they seem like they didn't really try to deny anything. You know what I mean? Like the, as soon as they got caught, Cynthia was like a couple hours later, she's like, uh, oh yeah, we know, like, we'll show you where the bodies are. So she took the cops out to like, um, Fontana, like there's like a vineyard out there and they found Corinna Novus's body. Like, she'd also been strangled, and she'd also been sodomized. They put her in a grave, in, a, like, a little shallow grave. So she was just like, oh, there she is. So, you know. So the two of them get charged with that that one murder, like, on November 17th. And then, you know, get held over for trial, right? And they, uh, they said, really, these two, they really didn't seem like they were trying to get away with anything because they said that fingerprints both of their fingerprints were found inside that woman's car and also cynthia kaufman had gone to a pawn shop and had hawked the victim's typewriter Hmm. and like used her real name and everything like that so you know like i said they weren't really the brightest i didn't know anything about investigative techniques. Probably good because yeah, it would have taken a long time to catch them. I mean, it's yeah. sad that like there's so many yeah. people had to get killed, but it's like, holy shit. So, um, so yeah. So they were actually in jail for uh almost three years, like before they went to trial. And in that time period, they actually um broke up. <laughs> so uh they kind of turned on each other which i guess is not all that surprising like each one saying it's like oh he did it no she did it you know what i mean it was that type of thing um and here's a funny story one uh cynthia's lawyer like went to see her and said oh is there anything you need like from outside or anything she said yeah i want somebody to remove this tattoo from my ass <laughs> which i was like that's funny no nope, you're stuck with that <laughs> stupid ass yeah I was like, yeah, how'd that work out for you? Definitely good is. good job. Good job. So uh, the trial was in San Bernardino in 1989. And uh, both of them were just got convicted of everything. Um, and they both got the death penalty. So Cynthia Kaufman was actually the first woman sentenced to death in California since capital punishment was uh, restored there in 1977. And then she went on trial again in 1992 for another murder. And then she got like another life sentence, like on top of that. Now, the thing about it was that it seemed like Marlo was just like, yeah, I did that shit. Like he didn't really care about it. Cynthia admitted that she did it, but she said that she suffered from battered woman syndrome that Marlo had like forced her to do the stuff. And I don't know, like it's possible, but they normally strangled him, right? Yeah, 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 Good. and they and they were generally raped as well. Yeah. So what was she doing? She was watching that happen. I guess. Yeah. I mean, it seemed like that. So I don't really know. I don't know. I, I kind of feel like maybe she was a willing participant and yeah. then until she got caught, until and she, she wasn't. I didn't
2: have anything to do with it.
1: And then she was like, she didn't have anything to do with it. Mm. I don't know. It just it seems like I know it's really unusual. We've talked about this before, like on a lot of our Killer Couple shows, but it's very unusual. Uh, you know, obviously, for a woman to be a serial killer that's that's quite rare. Um, and there really has to be like an interesting dynamic between the couple for this to happen. And a lot of times, I don't know, a lot of times you do say, yeah, the woman's worse, but I think a lot of times, I'm always kind of gonna say like 95% of the time, I think if that woman hadn't met that particular man, like she would not be have been a serial killer on her own. You know yeah, what I mean? Well, it has to be like some kind of synergy.
2: Somebody's you thank
1: you. Thank you, Bryce. Google banned me again, just like last time, for trying to pay from another device. I'm bad with pins and passwords. Damn. But
2: now it's good. Love the show.
1: Thank you thanks, very thanks. much. Thank, thank you very, you very much. much, Bryce. Very, very appreciate it. Yeah,
2: they, no, they do exist, the little serial killer satellites. They had one you might remember their names. It was a long time ago. I remember reading a book and they were in it. Uh, it, was, it was in a true crime book. It was a long time ago kind of this big fat mountain man type. He was big into guns and he had a girlfriend and she was like, she was actually pretty good looking, especially for him, you know. And he'd drive around in a van and abduct teenage girls and they were both having sex with him. And uh, the woman was having sex with these like 16, 15, 16 year old girls also. And then they'd drive him to a remote location and she'd hold a gun on them and make them dig their own graves. Remember that one? And she'd shoot him and fucking. Then they'd cover him up. That was the. He looked kind of like. He was on a flannel shirt wearing big. Like big old Duck Dynasty looking motherfuckers Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looked like some fucking hillbilly type. Big old beard and.
1: Well, somebody mentioned earlier the Toy Box Killer. Was that who it was? Because his girlfriend did help him on a couple of things. Toy Box? Yeah. Which one was that? Well see, I think it's confusing because I'm pretty toolbox sure that there and were toy box. Yeah, that there were a couple yeah. that were called uh, But didn't yeah, it wasn't the didn't the toy box killer I wanna say.
2: I don't know the name of toolbox the I toolbox I killer. Know, I, can't I, don't, I, don't even, I don't remember the name of that one. of, of the one that I'm talking about. He just You look like Cal. Remember Cal from fucking Safford and son? Yeah. Big yeah, old yeah. fat dude. <laughs> Cal <laughs> And his girlfriend, they looked like they, they were dressed up like they wanted to look like hillbillies. Like almost like, like it was a costume. Like
1: hillbilly cosplay. Yeah, it was like hillbilly cosplay. Ben said he was wearing a Canadian tuxedo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a Canadian tuxedo. Uh, he said, Was it the Elephant Butte Torturer?
2: I don't know that one. I don't know What's that What's an Elephant either. Butte Torturer?
1: Never heard of that one. But you don't you don't know
2: what those three words mean Nuh-uh. separately or together? Uh, not even together nor separately. <laughs> I know what an elephant <laughs> is. I know what a torturer is. A butte is fucking medicine, isn't it?
1: No, I thought a butte isn't it like a um kind of like a flat top mountain type of situation. Don't it's don't like know. a landscape feature. Okay. No, I don't know a butte. Hmm. That's what that is. Somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. We, we don't have any buttes in Florida, right.
2: but I'm pretty sure. I it's thought like, butte was like an aspirin that you gave a horse. Give him some butte. That's what we used to do. Well, I'm and sure that's probably
1: that's probably short for something. Okay, isn't it? I don't know. I mean, I would imagine it was horse aspirin. Horse aspirin. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say something else. Mm. Ah. Yeah. Camp guy said a uh, toy box is David something. Toolbox is Biddinger Biddinger and Roy Norris. Yeah. Yeah, those two. And toy box is David Ray Parker. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and Then it said it was in the town of Truth or Dare. They changed the name afterwards. The name was originally from a game show competition in the fifties. Oh, okay. I was oh I was thinking of that other town that's called Truth or Consequences. I didn't remember that there was one called Truth or Dare. It's a little weird ass fucking yeah. town names in this fucking place. But yeah, so uh, Cynthia is uh, apparently still alive. She is still mm. on death row, just sitting there uh, in the Central California Women's Facility. And, uh, still saying that she, that she was forced to do the murders. I don't, I don't know if I believe it though, but you know what I mean? Like I said, I'm not saying that doesn't happen because I'm sure it does,
2: but I don't know. I kind of feel like she was maybe into it. I don't really know. Well, that's what I'm saying about that one that was uh, holding the shotgun on the girls and making them dig their own graves and then blowing them away and fucking covering them up. She was definitely having sex with them, but then she didn't go to jail because she, uh, cut a deal to testify against him. And she claimed that she was uh, forced into doing it. She was scared of him. But I don't believe so. I don't believe so. I'm sure she was scared of him. Yeah. But she had all kinds of opportunities to, like, run, you know, and go to the fucking police and get rid of the dude. But she didn't. You know.
1: Ben said, yeah, the toy box killer David Parker Ray lived on Elephant Butte in an RV. mm mm-hmm. Gotta watch them people living in Elephant Butte. Why would you name a town Elephant Butte? I don't know. Or a Butte Elephant Butte. Mm. Does it
2: look like an elephant? It's shaped like an elephant? I don't know. Okay, so we're going into the second case. Yeah, see, second... I told you they weren't that long. No, it's, it's the perfect length. It's the perfect <laughs> length. She thinks that's short. That was a whole show right there. Okay, let's do another No, it wasn't. A whole yeah, it was. Show. We haven't even been that going... That was at to, least a half hour. We haven't even
1: been going an hour. We're only at 48
2: minutes. Yeah, that, that's a whole show. Yeah. <laughs> most, people's show, most people's shows are an hour. Jenny, you're giving away too much free shit, man. <laughs> okay. Giving away too much free shit. Well,
1: I mean, on the live streams, I just like... I kind of have a good time, so you know what I mean. What are you shaking your head
2: at me for? Imagine you got a girl out there on the corner. She's trying to fucking bring you some money. You know what I mean? And she's out there giving away free shit. And you're like, no, make them pay. You know what I'm talking like, about? That's you, just giving away free <laughs> shit. <laughs> no, it's an hour. An hour is an, it, most most people's shows are an hour. Yeah. Okay. I know. I know. Okay. But we'll just you want to do three or four hour shows, especially when you've been drinking. Well, yeah. Well, I can't. And drink then you the- say you don't have enough time. And then you say, "Well, we're not making any money off the show. Indeed, really. <laughs> this is because they're sick of us making too much material. <laughs> we flooded the market with our own material." Yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah, maybe you're right. They're trying to get maybe. rid of us. <laughs> <laughs> Would you guys
1: just go away? Mm-hmm. God damn it! <laughs> yeah, we're probably not going anywhere. Mm. I mean, like I said, we do have. To, we will have to like do. Fewer videos and stuff, just because we don't have time to
2: do them. They'll be know. better. I mean, I would hope so. People will actually show up and listen to the shit. Yeah. It'll. It'll. Don't worry about it. It'll be all right.
1: But you know how I do. I. I, do. I worry about everything. I can't help it.
2: I just. That's what. That's. What you I'm gotta like. be like me. You Gotta be like a psycho where you don't worry about anything But I'm not really, a psycho. You, you don't really care. You're, I'm a nice be, person. It's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. Everything works out.
1: Well, all right. Everything works out. I know it's just everything's like just like I said it's been being upheaved and I'm just kind of like mm. not used to.
2: It. Finish this show right here and then you get some sleep and then we'll worry about tomorrow and then it'll it'll all come together. Yeah, well it'll I don't want to I
1: don't want to go right to sleep after the show. I want okay. to at least have a chance to like just yeah. lay down and watch yeah. some stupid shit. Eat on you TV. some
2: little debbies. Eat me some
1: little debbies. The little,
2: little Debbie unicorn cake.
1: I you know this. what? I, the unicorn cake is pretty good, pretty but good. I was surprised yeah. that the one that's the good is like the cherry moon pie
2: thing. Yeah, cherry moon pie is good. I mean, is it called a moon pie? No. It was called a Valentine's ch- Cherry Cordial, I think is what it was called. Okay. but it was, I didn't think It's a moon
1: pie. I, I didn't think I was going to like
2: those, it, but actually those are quite delicious. It's, 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 a, it's a chocolate moon pie with a slight ch- maraschino cherry flavor to it, just like you, you're eating a little maraschino cherry with the cordial. It's like that. They're good, yeah. And it's a Valentine's Day. It's a Valentine's Day flavor from Little Debbie. Flavor,
0: yeah,
2: yeah. I wasn't crazy about the unicorn cakes. Where
1: me and my sister were watching uh, a YouTube channel she likes. It's called Gut Check, and they did a whole uh, show about Little Debbies, and they were like trying all the different flavors, to, like to see which ones are the best. And I think the unicorn cakes were like their least favorite unicorn cake. It's
2: like a little. It's like a little dildo with fucking fucking rainbow color brony fucking graphics on it. That's what it's like. That's what the unicorn. I can't cake figure is. like what it's, flavor it's ga- is it supposed to be. It's gay flavored. It's gay, gay flavored. Gay <laughs> flavored. Gay brony flavored. <laughs> it's the it's unicorns. Is it strawberry? It, it's strawberry. Strawberry cake with with what with, with <clears throat> Vanilla fondant and then vanilla cream with fucking rainbow drizzle. Unicorn drizzle on it. It's like some and it's all sexual. <laughs> I, I
1: it didn't occur to me that it was sexual. That must yeah. be a, that must be a you thing.
2: It says unicorn on it, man. It's all LGBT. <laughs> yeah. It's shaped like a dildo.
1: It's not shaped like a dildo. It's square. It looks no, like not. rectangular. It's, like it's, 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 it's it, rectangular. It's
2: shaped like a
1: dildo. No. <laughs> if it was shaped like a dildo,
2: I'd have it's said like something about it. It's like a yeah, bar. Yeah, it's like
1: a bar. Like, it's just like yeah. That's not dildo okay. shaped.
2: Okay.
1: Do you don't have a square dick? No. Or a rectangular dick. No. I've never seen anybody with a rectangular dick. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what you're talking Let about. Let me
2: tell story. <laughs> I'm spinning a <in> narrative. <laughs>
1: Okay. Okay. If you say so. I'm just tell stories. All right. It's unicorn flavored. It's unicorn flavored. Yeah. Yeah. It's so. gay flavored. Okay. <laughs> it's gay flavored. Yeah. Like I said, I'm pretty sure it's strawberry, but I Now everybody it. wants to see it. <laughs> well see you're overselling it. You're yeah. overselling the dill. It's I'm gonna, it's gonna not... go get I'm gonna go get a go I'm gonna eat
2: a unicorn cake.
1: Okay. Don't don't chew with your mouth open. Uh, don't give me oh, so I'll have one later though. But yeah, I, I don't know what he's talking about. It's not tildo, It's not tilde shaped at all. <laughs> I don't know. Other than the fact that it's long. That's about it. It's not like a fucking... Okay, he's bringing it. He's bringing it. Yeah. See, that's it's a, just... It's a rectangular. Thing. Okay, it is yeah. strawberry. It's even got a strawberry on it. Okay, yeah.
2: I didn't realize. See, it's got the little fucking rainbow fucking drizzle. unicorn drizzling on it. <laughs>
1: Now we're just gonna sit here and watch you. No, go ahead, go on with the show. All right, go on with the show. All right, so let's talk about these two other motherfuckers. All right, these two French motherfuckers. Now this guy, I feel like this guy is probably like more famous. Now he, this guy, he killed some people like on his own, but then like he got her involved too. Like, what do you? Don't drop crumbs all over my desk. Strawberry cake. It's good. Zach says, that's the gayest thing I've ever seen, and Zach, this is me talking. <laughs> Zach, this shit is gay as oh, fuck,
2: man. It's gay cake. Geek. Cake. <laughs> With a Y in the middle. Mm-hmm.
1: It's pretty good. I like it's the, ju- like li- the cherry. You'd like bit. it, Zach. <laughs> but see, nothing
2: like a dildo. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just making shit
1: up. Yeah, I know. Well, that's what you do. That's what mm. you do. So, uh, so yeah, so let's talk about this motherfucker. So this guy, this guy is named Michel Fournere. Fournere? What? It's probably Fournier. What no, Fournieray. It? F-O-U-R-N-R. No, okay. F-O-U-R-N-R. Right. Fournieray. I'm okay. not going to, like, pronounce it all French because I'll, right? I'll sound like a douche. Fournier. Fourn- no, it's no. Fournieray. It's oh, Fournieray. 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 But like I said, I'm not going to pronounce it. I took French for four years, but I'm not pronouncing okay. it French because I'll sound like a douche. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, this guy is actually, he actually has a serial killer nickname. He is known as the Ogre of the Ardennes. Now, he actually uh, also had a fairly normal upbringing, I think. Um, he, you know, was kind of working class. They said he was very, very intelligent uh, as a kid, very quiet and he was really into classical music and chess and stuff like that it's kind of like you know nerd but no no shade against shade against nerds um now he later claimed that his mother had sexually abused him i don't know if that's true or not but that's what he said which might have um maybe explained like why he got into the shit that he got into later on you know what i mean thank you again bryce gotta go, but we'll listen to the rest later. Love the show. Keep up the good work. Thank you very much. I really do appreciate that very much. That's awesome. Yeah. You need to listen to it tomorrow. Listen to it tomorrow. Uh, so yeah, so I don't know if his mom actually abused him or not, but usually, I don't know, these dudes that end up being serial killers, they usually have real complicated, uh, relationships with their mother. Sometimes their dad too, but you know what I mean? So I don't know. Now, even though he always, uh, he seemed quite intelligent, according to everyone that knew him as a child, they said when he grew up, he couldn't really um, hold a job, which, you know, kind of common for this type of person. And, you know, so he would just like, he was a forestry worker for a while. Like he just, he just did kind of like menial jobs, you know what I mean? Also, it seemed like he started out on his criminal career a little bit early. Uh, He was actually arrested for the first time in 1966 uh for sexually assaulting a young girl and this uh was the first time but would not be the last sadly now by the time that this happened that he was arrested for this and he was put in prison and at that point he was married for to his second wife so he'd actually found several people to marry him uh in spite of being the absolute worst so i I don't know who the fuck I don't know who the fuck is, you know, having sex with this dude, but okay. So his second wife, uh, takes off like while he's in prison. So he's lonely. So he puts an ad in a Catholic magazine looking for a pen pal, which I guess a lot of prisoners do. And there's, you know, prisoner groupies. And, uh, this woman here was one of them. Her name was Monique Olivier. Uh, she uh, already had two kids, and she answered his ad in the Catholic magazine. Hey, the other, the last one was Catholic too. Hmm. Thank that's you not very sure much, just, Bryce. Sure, sure. That's just a coincidence. Did you? you did yeah, yeah, that? yeah. Okay. Like, yeah, you've been gone well, a Yeah, long time. I've been gone.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I already, I already covered it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so she starts corresponding with this motherfucker while he's in prison, and they apparently exchange hundreds and hundreds of letters and in the letters before he even gets out so there's really no excuse it's like oh I didn't know what he was like or anything like that because before he even gets out he's writing in letters to her that he has fantasies of raping and murdering virgins Damn. which uh, you know you'd think if you'd read that you'd be like well I'm not gonna write to this guy anymore that's a giant red flag right there
2: but no Damn, She just she's just like yeah okay she like oh, yeah.
1: she went she went one better than that. Yeah, she said, "Tell you what, I'll help you do that when you get out, if you
2: kill my ex-husband." Okay, cool, cool. All right, I see it. I see. It. This sounds familiar. I know this case.
1: Yeah, this one is like slightly more famous than the other one. Like I said, I think that yeah. we were either I don't think we've talked about this one before, but I think yeah. that I had it in my notes before, and we just didn't get around to yeah. it. Like, on one of the other shows. I mean, if we did do it before, then I didn't put it in the fucking uh, tags because it doesn't fucking... Yeah. Uh, Ben said, doesn't anyone check these letters? That's kind of what I was wondering. Maybe not. Maybe maybe in France back then they did it. You know what I mean? Because usually I would think, like, over here, don't they open them?
2: Yeah. I don't know if they read them. They probably pretend to read them. You Mm -hmm. might read certain important inmates' Most of it's probably really boring. Most of it's boring, probably. (laughs) They probably focus in on a couple of people. Some kind of investigation, smuggling in drugs, that kind of thing. Or if it's, you know, I would just think that that's probably targeted. Because, yeah, a lot of times it seems like it would probably just be a waste of time. time. Because
1: a lot of times it would just be like your mom, right? And Mm -hmm. it would be like, are you
2: wearing clean underwear in prison? You know what I mean?
1: That kind of shit. So, uh, So, yeah. So she says, "Yeah, I'll help you. I'll help you rape and kill virgins if you kill my ex-husband." He's like, "Sure, can do." He never did do that though, but they killed lots of other people, so you know. But he never didn't, got around to fucking. He never got around, never got around to, around it. to kill.
0: <laughs> which. Fuck. So yes. he's like, yeah, "It's not really
1: <laughs> my bag, but you can help me do my shit." Yeah, but. that's his yeah. typical dude, right? It's like you <laughs> help me do all my shit, but I'm not gonna say, nah, mad fuck yeah, you fuck knows. that." Uh, dude. I'm not gonna help you do your shit. That's yeah, yeah that's pretty much so he gets let out of prison in 1987 uh and they you know started a little relationship there and uh soon after that him and uh olivier started their their uh project let, let's call it that let's go with the, the btk and this stuff. is france this is well yeah they it was france and they did a bunch in belgium too okay. like they were kind of going around everywhere so okay december 11th 1987. so the two of them are driving to um, a town whose name I can't pronounce. And they drove in separate cars. And this is something that they would do. Like I said, it was very like Brady and Hindley where they, because a lot of times like a serial killer, if he has like a a cop, like a female accomplice, um, you know, it helps because, you know, people are obviously not as wary of like a couple or a woman as they would be a man, you know understandably so but yeah they use that to their advantage so they're both in separate cars now they see this 17 year old girl Isabel uh lavie now they had actually been kind of stalking her like they'd been watching her like for a day or two like that she was like walking around she was walking home from school so um so olivier monique she stops and asks um this girl Hey, can you um come get in the car with me and like give
2: me directions? Now, how old is she? Seventeen. No, no. The, the uh, what's her name? Olivia. What's, uh, yeah, what, what's her name? Monique Olivier. Yeah. What's her name? How old is she? Um, I'm so not sure. I'm 20s, not sure actually. Okay. Uh, not sure actually. Probably 20s or 30s, I would think. 30s, yeah, I mean, probably. this
1: was back in the 80s. You're right. You know what I mean? So, so yeah. So she's like, I need some directions. Can you like come get in the car and like show me where I'm going? So the girl was just like, you know, she it's just a woman, so she's like, fine. So they both get in the car and she starts driving down the road. And then Monique gets to the spot where Michelle, the, you know, the, her boyfriend was standing with his car and he was pretending that the car had broken down. So that was kind of like their whole plot here. So Monique like stops the car and is like, Hey, person whose car broke down. Um, you know, why don't you get in? I'll give you a ride to a garage or whatever. So, uh, then at that point, Michelle gets into the car And uh, then choked uh, the girl, Isabel, with a piece of rope and then gave her Rohypnol. Monique gave her Rohypnol. And then they took the girl to their house and Michelle raped and strangled her. And then they threw the body down a well. Uh, Her remains were not found for 18 years. Hmm. Now, did she regain
2: consciousness? I don't know. Nobody knows?
1: I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's... I hope not, but... That's fucked up. Fucked up. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. That was their little project there. March 1988. So, Michelle gets a call from a 30-year-old woman named Farida Hamish. Now, this woman was the wife of a guy that, um... That Michelle had shared a cell with. So this guy, whose name was Jean Pierre, a name last name I can't pronounce, was a bank robber. So the two of them had been in a cell. Now the wife calls him up and says, "Hey, can you help me, like, go dig up this big like um, fortune, essentially, that they had? They had like hidden it, like, in this cemetery somewhere." There was, they were all members of this gang and they had stolen all of this money. Like it was a lot of money, like a shit ton. And they had stashed it in the cemetery. So she calls Michelle and says, hey, can you like help us come and dig all of this up and we'll give you some of it. So they go there and it's like, and it's like a fucking pirate treasure band. It's like gold ingots and like gold coins and all kind of shit like that. It's fucking crazy. Like pirate treasure. So they go there and they get it all out. So then, uh, the wife, like Farida Hamish, she gives Michelle, um, like a share of it that's worth like 500,000 francs, like for helping to take up. Like I said, it was a shit ton of money. Hmm. And then like, she, uh, hid the rest of it in her apartment, which, um, this probably wasn't the brightest idea to let like fucking Michelle on in on this stuff. Cause, uh, and we'll see why in a second, <laughs> <laughs>
2: but yeah. then he goes in there and steals that shit and kills her.
1: Uh yeah, okay, that's pretty it. much exactly what happened. Yeah. So, yeah, not too long after that, like a couple months later, um he's like uh Michelle and Monique. They took uh they took Farida out to her house. They're like, "Hey, come with us and like do some shit." I don't know what they told her exactly, but they drove her out to this kind of remote area. And then they strangled her and buried her. And hmm. then they went back to her apartment and broke in and took all the fucking money. And then, like you do, they used the money cuz it was a lot to buy like essentially a castle. It was like a castle, and it was like on 32 acres or something like Damn. that. It, like it was this big chateau. Hmm. So I was like, okay. <laughs> I mean, live he in wanted the, a place to live. Live in the dream. Yes. Yeah. everybody's <laughs> like killing cash, the people. It was right? It was gold. A lot of it was. I don't know what else it was, but I know it was like a lot of gold and. If there wasn't, if there
2: wasn't a connection to her, they could have got. They probably got away with it. We'll see how it goes, but if you had, if there wasn't any solid connection to the victim, they just show up with the money, they probably get away with it. Probably. Yeah. Because I'm not entirely
1: sure, like where, (laughs) because Michelle was not part. As far as I. Could determine he was not actually a part of the gang. Like he wasn't like in the gang that had stolen the money. You know what I mean? He was just like he was a cellmate of one of the guys that had stolen the money.
2: And like the wife was like, you know. So now they got their murder torture castle out on the thirty-five acres. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. He thinks he's fucking Dracula. (laughs) I guess
1: so. Yeah. I mean, if you've seen him, he doesn't look anything like Dracula. But it's like he just looks kind of. He looks kind of like a. I don't know, like a dork. Beta, he's beta, pretty much. Yeah, okay. um, so yeah. Now, by August of that year, which was 1987, um, Monique was pregnant with Michelle's baby. So great, another one. Yeah, they're making another. One. They're making another one. <laughs> so while she's uh, so while she's pregnant, even they the two of them go to like a grocery store. And they find a twenty-year-old woman named Fabienne Leroy in the parking lot. Monique pretended that she was sick. Um, I guess because she was I, she was visibly pregnant. I think at this point, so she was like, "Oh, I'm having a problem with my baby," or something like that. So they co- they go up to this girl, and they're just like, "Hey, can you like come over here and like give us directions to like a, to a doctor's office?" And so the girl gets in their car and then they drove to this forest, like near this military camp or something like that. And then at this point, Michelle, this is so weird. And like I said, this is kind of tying back to what I was saying about him, like claiming that his mother abused, like sexually abused him. Mm -hmm. I don't know if she did or not, but it's like, this might have some, he has like a virginity fetish or like a thing about virginity. And it might have something to do with them being raised Catholic too. I'm not really sure. Or inadequate.
2: Well, maybe. He can, can, in his mind, impress the virgins. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Because he basically... Whenever whenever you run into... Usually when you run into the fucking virgin fetish, it's inexperienced guys or inadequate kind of guys who are worried about their own impressiveness or their performance. So if it's the woman's first time, she has nothing to judge him against. So in his mind, she's impressed. You know what I mean? But it, you know, fucking shit. When I was a kid, then you hook up with virgins on a regular basis. When you're a kid, at least when I was a kid, that's the last girl you want to sleep with. <laughs> virgins are terrible. <laughs>
1: well, everybody. It's not start a good experience. Somewhere.
2: You know, it's not a good experience. Everybody gotta start somewhere. You just pop it and jump off and go. I get you next <laughs> week. Heal <Reel> up.
1: <laughs> you're so
2: gross. Man. <laughs> Well, you feel sorry for him, you know.
1: Do you really? Dickie. How magnanimous of you! Fucking, <laughs> it, it's evidently horrible. It's a, um. It it depends, I guess. Yeah. It's different for everybody. All right, but you know what I mean. It is, yeah. It usually is. Quite no, I had two. Quite, of them I had two. It
2: was fucking
1: horrible. It, it usually is quite painful. Yeah, not always, okay. but sometimes. Like I, I've heard. Both, uh, both you try to get it over thing. with
2: and then just next week we'll do it again. Like, <laughs> oh, okay, all right. But you just you just pop it. Just just you know, breaking the seal. Just break it, yeah. And it's like a
1: job <laughs> so off. So gross. Yeah. so gross, Tom.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. He knows. That's how we did it. Ian England said virgins are awkward as fuck. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. I mean, like I said it's understandable. Yeah. It's like, you know.
2: <laughs> they tell you to do it then they try to stop it at the same time. You can knock him off. Come on. Just come on. Let's do this. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 no. <laughs> Throw the head. Never mind. Well, it's scary. Throw the legs overhead. Okay, that's it's it. Scary. Okay, it's over. It's over with. It's over with. <laughs> I'll be back in a second. <laughs> and he come back. It's all right. It's like, a, like tearing off a band aid. Yeah.
1: <laughs> How do we get into these we'll try conversations? Again next week. How yeah. do we get into this conversation? Gay unicorn dildo cakes? Yeah. Popping virgin Zach knows carries. all
2: about him. He fucking agreed. He goes, that cake is gay as shit, so I know. Well, I mean, I, me, we don't we Me don't know and Zach are fair. having a gay experience together over the goddamn internet <laughs> with the cake, okay? Now you now you know Zach, Zach's gonna go out and look for the Little Debbie fucking <laughs> gay unicorn. unicorn cakes. They're pretty good. They're not as good as the other ones.
1: Yeah, the other ones are better. Yeah. I mean, they're pretty and everything, but...
2: <laughs> I'll tell you, they're the, probably
1: not the best. The, the little
2: the Debbie them. chocolate chip cookies, the two chocolate chocolate chip cookies with the cream with the with the marshmallow cream filling in the middle. Those are good. The two oatmeal cookies with the marshmallow. Those well, are good. I think the, snickerdoodle the two Snickerdoodles is the best out. They're of those good three. too. Yeah. I even
1: like the Snickerdoodles better than yeah. the oatmeal pie. I, the, she said that there's a peanut butter
2: one, but we have, haven't found them. I'm looking for.
1: Them. Yeah, the peanut butter one, and it's big. It's See not. It? It's not the same size as those because yeah. those are like small. It almost looked like a fucking burger. Yeah. Like, I couldn't figure out, because I just saw it, like, on a yeah. YouTube channel, and I couldn't figure out, like, what the
2: outside of it yeah. was made of. Yeah. Nutty Buddies are good. It's like a big wafer cracker with chocolate and peanut butter in them. Those are good. Thank you, Jack Torrance. Jack Torrance is in here. Jack What's Torrance a, gave. Fuck it. right.
1: <laughs> what did he say? Oh, shit. He gave, he gave us $5. <laughs> he didn't say anything? Okay, thank you. thank you. He $5. He just popped him. in, like, here's Johnny and gave okay, us $5. Yeah, That's yeah. what he should have said. He should have said, no, Yeah, it's too late now, but you know what I mean. Uh, So yeah so where was I Okay so So they pick up this girl in this Parking lot of like a grocery store Because she's like Monique Monique is pretending to be sick And so they take this girl To this forest And then Michelle Tells Monique Like his girlfriend hey Why don't you look at that girl's hymen To see if she's still a virgin And Monique's like no I'm not doing that And then, um, so Michelle was like, well, I guess it doesn't matter then. And then he raped her and then shot her in the chest. Damn. So, yeah, that was the thing. Like, he would always, like, ask them if they were virgins and stuff like that. Mm. So, yeah, and and here's another case where that happened. January 1989.
2: Dude's, Dude's a fucking loser. Yeah, well, if you see him, like fucking, I get a hold of him, and ask him if he's a virgin. He's like, no, I ain't a virgin. Says you gonna be a virgin, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you're butt virgin. You gonna be a virgin, bro? Okay. <laughs> you have
1: to drill him a new hole. I'm Ray. gonna drill some Ray shit in, in it, you, right in his taint.
2: <laughs> you're gonna be digesting billions of my children here in a few minutes, man. Ew. <laughs> Ian England said, "LMAO,
1: these conversations are the best. <laughs> I know, and it's like I, I never know how this happens. I never, <laughs> everything just gets away from me. You know what I mean? And it's like, and he, it's, I thought like, because he's, I feel like he's kind of taking advantage a little bit because I'm like really tired and I'm kind
2: of no, like, I'm, but I'm, I'm taking advantage. And I'm like I'm out of it. Head. Okay, I'm taking, <laughs> and back. I'm kind like, of like, I'm gonna go to rest. <laughs>
1: Cause I'm just kind of like, it's like, I'm so sleepy and it's like, I didn't really get like, uh, yeah, I didn't get a lot of time to prepare for the show and stuff. All right. So January, 1989, Michelle meets this, uh, 21 year old woman named Jean Remy, uh, Jean Marie Des Oh shit. Desremo Des- Ramon, Shit. I can't remember how to like pronounce that. So he actually met her on uh, a train. And the two of them just had, like, seemingly a normal-ass conversation. And it turned out that uh, the girl was staying at a convent, which I'm sure, like, perked Michelle's interest because he's like, oh, convent, maybe she's one of those virgins that I've um, been looking for for all my life. So um, at this point, like, Monique and uh, Michelle, they had actually, like, made... Up false names, like they were pretending to be other people, and they came back to the train station again, like a day or two later. And then they started like talking to because I guess she took the, um, you know, Jean Marie, she took the train all the time, so they came and like started hanging out, like befriended her type of thing. So they're like, Hey, why don't you come to our house and like have dinner with us or something? And I mean, she kind of knew them because she'd seen them and stuff, she was like, Okay. And, um, you know, Michelle's like, oh, well, you know, it's fine. I'll drive you home afterward. It'll, it'll be fine. So they get to their house and guess what? The first thing that Michelle did was ask if she was a virgin, which seems like a little bit of an inappropriate question, but you know what I mean? Um, now she said, I guess much to his chagrin that no, she had a boyfriend, so she wasn't a virgin and, uh, that made him really, really mad. So he basically like attacked her. So she, um, you know, tried to rape her and she fought back against him like, and tried to get away, but they essentially, the two of them like overpowered her and gagged her with, um, like adhesive bandages. And then Michelle strangled her. And then they took her body and buried it in a garden, like, uh, a few, like, of their, uh, chateau, or whatever. So, Michelle and Monique got married in July of 1989. How romantic. I think I said that these motherfuckers before. <laughs> they got married. So these two got married also, because, man, you just, you know, when you find your person, it's like, the person's just, they they like to, they enjoy doing things together, I guess. Like, like, killing virgins. So, it's pretty fucked up. So, On uh, December 20th of 1989, they actually drove across the border into uh, Belgium. I believe they went into Belgium. And at this point they had a kid because their kid had been born. So their son was one year old. Now you might think that even serial killers would balk at using their kid as bait to in victims. But in this case, you would be wrong because they absolutely did do that. Damn. Um, Yeah. Now at this point, Michelle sees a 12-year-old girl, Elizabeth Brachet. She was walking to her friend's house. And he basically like kind of followed her and then waited outside for her until she like came back out of her friend's house to like walk back home again. And then he pulls the trick, he pulls over and he's like, Hey, um, can you, I, you know, I have my kid with me and he's really sick. Like, can we, um, you know, do you know where a doctor's office is? So she agreed to get in the car and show him where the doctor was. So she got in. So they took this girl back to their house and basically they stripped her and then saw that she was on her period And so Monique had to go and, like, clean her up. Now, the next day, they took the girl to their chateau, their castle. They kept her overnight? Or whatever, yeah. Okay. And then Michelle tried to suffocate her with a plastic bag, but it didn't work. And so then he strangled her. This is after he raped her? Yeah. Okay, so he did rape her. Yeah. And then... Um, They buried her in the Chateau's garden as well, like near the other, near Jean-Marie, the girl they met on the train. Mm. Now, um, interestingly, well, they didn't know where she was for a long time, and I think that after she went missing like there were actually a lot of reported sightings of her but i think when they i mean eventually when they found the body they were like oh well i guess those were all bullshit but that that kind of happens a lot like when people go missing but the thing about it i was watching like a little bit of a documentary about this case beforehand and the even it wasn't that long but he was kind of going into what a clusterfuck Um, the whole investigation was because not only were these two assholes like killing people in two countries it was like France and Belgium and they were and this was kind of like the 80s so they didn't really communicate with one another to any great degree but they think maybe that there was a lot of young women that were going missing or getting murdered or something like that and they the cops really didn't they either didn't really seem to give a shit or they just, like, say, oh, they're just runaways or something like that. Like, yeah. they just didn't really investigate yeah. it to any degree. So a lot of the parents of these victims were, like, really um, not not pleased with, like, how the well, cops to were Well, investigate, you have to have it. leads.
2: You know what I mean? To investigate, you have to have a lead. Right. So just because you have parents go out, she's gone. They're like, okay, yeah, she's gone. Where do we start? You know? There's nowhere to start the investigation. She's just gone. Yeah. So I understand, you know, the position the cops are in. Because, yeah, we know she's gone. We just don't know where she is. No leads.
1: Well, yeah. And the thing about it, too, I guess, and this happened uh, probably more, like, back in the 80s and stuff like that, before they even had the internet and all that kind of stuff, is that there were so many... Runaways, and there were so many, you know, people going missing and stuff that they just didn't have the manpower to like deal with it, I guess. And if you were someone that was, you know, I hate to say it, but if you were someone that was involved in a high risk lifestyle, like you were a sex worker or a drug addict or something like that, I'm not saying they wouldn't look for you, but they probably, it probably wouldn't be like super high
2: priority. In general, investigation starts when they find the body. That's when the investigation starts. (laughs)
1: well yeah. yeah because like yeah i mean mis- missing just, persons
2: cases there's millions of them yeah
1: yeah and you don't and know most like, of them are alive and some of those people yeah, yeah might have just taken yeah. off you know willingly especially yeah. if they're adults so yeah. well, a lot
2: of them are never reported missing yeah that happens too yeah they'll that find them they'll too. find somebody dead and then be decade be a decade before they identify them and then motherfucker was never reported missing You know what's crazy is that ever, like, since I've been
1: putting um, posts up on my uh, Crime Immemorial blog and, you know, taking stuff from my books and, like, updating stuff, you would be amazed. I mean, they're kicking ass, like, identifying victims nowadays that have been, like, unidentified for decades and decades because I'll go in there. Um, and it's like, oh, here's this case of, like, whatever this Jane Doe was, like, from 1979 or something like that. And I go in there to see if there's updates, and a lot of them have been identified. Yeah. Like, they haven't solved a lot of their murders, but they know who they are now. Yeah. Um, you know, because they're like, well, we didn't know who this girl was for, like, 30 years. They just found her on the side of a road someplace. Yeah. And nobody knew, like, nobody identified her, nothing like that. But they've been identifying a lot of those victims. The, one, the ones that
2: tend not to be reported missing are middle-aged men and and, and older, because those guys fucking skip town all the time. Low-income middle-aged men. Well, yeah, but well, there's something they don't have any. Cont- they don't have any yeah. fucking ties with anybody, and when they when no when you don't see them and they just don't show up anymore, nobody thinks anything. Well, yeah. it's not
1: horribly suspicious yeah, like just, when a good. grown man that's just, just, kind you know, of a drifter that yeah, doesn't yeah, really I have family yeah. when they because they're like, oh, maybe they just, just got a job somewhere else yeah. or decided to move or something like that. Like, obviously, it's a lot more suspicious when it's like a teenage girl, yeah. not saying they don't run away from home, but it's like the, it's much more likely that they're going to come to a bad end. Though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whereas like a dude might just move to another town and yeah. get a job on an
2: oil rig or something. I don't know. Yeah, they fucking found weird shit. We find a middle-aged man dead in his car at the bottom of a lake. He's been down there for fucking 20 years. (laughs) Nobody even knew where he went. Fucking funny. He ran off the road, you know, that kind of thing. That happens a lot. Happens a lot, yeah. Well,
1: you know, did they... um, How recent was this? I remember hearing about it. I think it was fairly recently. But a guy... I think it was a guy that had gone missing, like, a (laughs) while back, and they didn't know where he was. And somebody some astute person saw on google earth like some like somebody had taken you know they had taken a picture um of this lake and you could very clearly see like kind of a car like you wouldn't be able to see it like from the the shadow of a car. the level yeah. but it's like from up above like yeah. you could see it and it was pretty plain that it was a car down there and like so they reported they're like hey is that a car yeah. like might want to check that out and uh so they went and checked it out and that guy that was missing was in there and he'd been yeah. in there for like years and years. Yeah, but it's like, yeah, they found it on Google Earth. I have to look up. I don't remember like what year it was from, but I remember that being like kind of a big deal, which is crazy. Um, Mango said, "Is their kid still alive?" Not to jump the gun. I'm not, actually not sure. Can you imagine, like, if these were your fucking parents? Jesus Christ, that's like fucking horrible. They want
2: to change your name.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that seemed yeah. like that the first order of business, wouldn't it? Because Jesus Christ. But yeah. So, um, okay. So now the last known murder that Michelle, uh, Forneray committed with, uh, Monique Olivier actually happened on November 21st, 1990. And this was, uh, in France, like near the West coast of France. So they drove to like a shopping center type place. And, um, because they actually had... They had a court date for, like, not for murder, but for burglary, like, in some other place. And they, like, just drove to this place. It's like, you know, you get out of court for robbing people. It's like, hey, let's go pick up a victim and murder them. That seems like good thinking. You know what I mean. So they go to this shopping mall. And they see this 13-year-old girl named Natasha Danny And she was walking through a parking lot. Like, she... Um, I guess she, her mom had like left a purse somewhere and she was like going back to get it or something. So these two assholes um, lured her into the van, again, asking her for directions. And they stuffed her in the van. They took her to kind of like a isolated area and then stabbed this girl, this 13 year old girl, twice in the chest with a screwdriver and then strangled her and left her body on the beach. Oh, and Michelle also raped her after she was dead. Damn. So, yeah. Classy. Yeah. Very classy. These, these two. I mean, yeah. so gross. Now, um, about a week after this, like another, like somebody that was a member of the little girl's family... He actually got arrested because some people had reported, Hey, we saw her get into a white van and he happened to have a white van. So he got, they was like, Oh, maybe it was a family member and shit like that. Um, so, but obviously a uh, spoiler alert, he wasn't the one that did it. Uh, but he was in jail for it while they were trying to figure that out, uh, for two months and he committed suicide. So there's that. um, even yeah. though, like I said, he didn't—he didn't, he didn't, do, he didn't it. do it. No, they just, he just happened to have the same van as these assholes. He had like the—the murderer raper van. Yeah. <laughs> the child molester van.
2: Guess he didn't, couldn't take the incarceration or people were accusing him. He couldn't yeah,
1: he—he basically said he didn't want to be like thought of as a murderer even though yeah. he hadn't done it. You know what I mean? Like he could just couldn't take the accusation,
2: so he mm-hmm. just killed himself. Yeah, he had to do wait a couple months.
1: Well you know that's easy to say but it's like when it seems like your whole fucking world's crashing down on you yeah you know that's pretty shitty so at this point uh michelle monique and their kid which is crazy um they moved to belgium how old is the kid at this point
2: baby right yeah i mean he's
1: he was a few years old okay um they moved there in the early 1990s now michelle after he got caught He actually said that he committed two more murders in France, like without Monique, I guess. Like she knew about it, but I guess she wasn't like directly involved. So, um, because apparently there was like a a gap of like nine years where they didn't commit any, but then he just couldn't resist. So he had to go do some more. So he said that between 2000 and 2001, that he actually drove um, across the border, like into Belgium, in May of 2000 and lured an 18-year-old girl named Celine Saison. She was walking home from school. Um and he lured her into his van and drove uh her to and then drove her to Belgium and then raped her and strangled her with a rope and dumped her body in a forest. Uh they actually found her body, uh it was a skeleton when they found it in July of 2000. Hmm. Then in May of 2001, uh, Michelle drove back to his hometown and kidnapped a girl who was 13. Her her name was Man- Mananya Thumpong. She was um, Thai, and he had actually given her a ride home a week or two earlier, but obviously hadn't killed her. So she didn't have any reason to like distrust him, right? I think he was kind of doing that kind of situation. So, um, so the second time he picks her up, he's like, Hey, why don't you come to my house and play with my kid? You know what I mean? Cause he had the son mm-hmm. at that point, which, you know, he, he really did have that. So she gets in to the van and, uh, he drove her to like some remote place and strangled her. They found her remains in March of 2002 and she had been almost entirely eaten by wild animals. 13 mm-hmm. year old girl. Jesus Christ.
2: So this dude needs to die in a fucking in a pitiful way. Yeah, in a very painful way. Very, very painful. You take your time with that one.
1: Yeah, I think you might need to like just peel his skin off very, very slowly.
2: Put him (laughs) in a very small box in a very uncomfortable position for a long time. Just break his soul for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Break his soul first, then his body.
1: So yeah. Michelle actually ended up getting arrested at his house in Belgium uh, on June 26, 2003, mm-hmm. after he attempted to kidnap a 13-year-old girl, and she jumped out the car and ran to the cops Good and identified. Her. That's what I said, hero. Yeah. So yeah, she was like, "Fuck this shit." <laughs> she yeah. just like jumped out and ran and like reported. He mostly
2: him. just fucking go like lambs to the slaughter. Fucking a lot of them. Don't I mean, don't, I don't victim know. blame because a lot of them are like little kids little and kids, shit like but, that. But but no, even the adult women don't do that sometimes too. Just jump out the goddamn car. That was like that. Well, one case. that's what
1: they always tell you. Don't ever, ever, ever yeah, yeah. let anybody take you to a second location. Don't and, ever let anybody take. You and to and
2: here's another location. one. Uh, the two teenage girls, they let the teenage guy in the back And then he goes, uh, keep driving, I got a gun on you You bring that car up to about fucking 70 or 80 miles an hour Slam the fucking brakes on as hard as you can And turn the wheel to the right or the left the hard as you can, roll that damn car All right. Injure and or kill everyone in that goddamn car Because you have a chance of coming out of there alive Doing that, alright And he has a chance of dying but that's the same as calling for help. He's not going to be in any fucking condition to do any raping or murdering, you know, after the, after you roll that car at about 80. All right? Don't fucking drive your... Don't drive your murderer to a fucking crime scene, you know, where you're the victim. Fucking stupid. Run the car into a fucking wall. Put it into a fucking skid. Bam! Sideways, bam. You know what I mean? You, you've got a weapon in your hands if, if you're driving. You know, make everyone roll the dice, see what comes up. I think
1: just a lot of people don't think like they probably panic or freeze up, and they just don't think of you go straight that.
2: kamikaze. You got nothing to lose. He's gonna kill you. You have a better chance rolling that car, a lot a lot better chance. We're just running into a tree. You know, that's probably what I would do. Yeah, most. I'd roll it. I'd roll the car, but if you're a girl, you don't know how to roll the car. Fucking just run it right into a tree.
1: Well, and I kind of feel like if yeah. you run it into a tree, you might get you get the airbag, and you might like
2: not get as fucked up as if you rolled it. Yeah. Well, no, I'd want to fuck everybody up. I want I want everybody with a bunch of. Yeah, but boats. if
1: some douche is in the back seat, like saying they got us, well, he didn't have an airbag. <laughs> not in my car, he doesn't. You know what I mean? Yeah,
2: but he's got a front seat to hit. I'm kind of hoping that he won't have a like a. Maybe he'll go through the windshield take it from an expert, roll the fucking car. All right. Get everybody busted up in the car. Bust everybody up. Ben said you need to sideswipe
1: something to take out the side with the kidnappers on.
2: Yeah, that might work, but that's kind of... It, it, all right. I'd fucking roll the car.
1: Yes, you, yes, yes. You, you've established that. I've established that. That's, <laughs> that's the best way.
2: All right. And, and do it in traffic. Okay. So everyone sees it.
1: Yeah, I mean, you yeah. want you want as many witnesses as possible, right. right? I mean, because he'd be really stupid to like do anything like yeah. that, like in right, front yeah. of everybody. Speaking of which, when I was driving to work this morning, I saw there was a wreck. It, I thought it was a wreck, but then when I got around the corner, it was a. It looked like a single vehicle accident. It was a work van, and it was like kind of on its side like that and like the passenger side was like off like the door was open all the shit was hanging out of it and it's like it was all fucked up and i'm sitting there looking at it going how the fuck did that happen it almost looked like a like it blew up Mm -hmm. like a bomb hit it or something i didn't see another car i was just kind of like what how the fuck did that happen i couldn't see like what had hit it or what i don't know i couldn't figure it out but, I mean, I didn't have a huge amount of time to look at it, but I was like, that's the weirdest looking fucking see, accident I ever saw. Lane's
2: seen. telling you, rolling the car is safer, exactly. Get the car up on the hood. And if you have a fucking seatbelt on and he doesn't, you got a big advantage. Well, see, I always wear my seatbelt, so. Mm. I always,
1: always always wear yep. my seatbelt. <laughs> um, okay, so where was I? So you said so we're, almost, we're almost done? Yep. Almost done? Which is good because it's like nine o'clock and I'm getting really tired, but uh, but yeah. So, so he got arrested like after this little girl got away. So both him and Monique got uh, arrested and interrogated, um, but they really wouldn't kind of like uh, admit to anything at least at first. Now later on, like about a year later, Monique actually uh, cracked and told the cops that uh, Michelle had killed a bunch of people since 1987. So Michelle actually confessed to killing eight women um, aged between 12 and 30 years old. And he also said he killed a man, but they don't know who it is. Like he didn't know who it is and they haven't figured out, like they haven't matched up any case with that. Hmm. So, I mean, there's no reason to doubt it um, because they found all the other people he killed pretty much. So uh, he said, yeah, I killed a dude too, but I don't like, no, I don't know who it was. So they don't know who it was. Um, So they actually have found um, four of the victims, like the bodies, they found those in France and Belgium between 1988 and 2002. Now, Monique got arrested also because, you know, she was apparently an accomplice and they both got extradited to France. And they actually ended up uh, helping the police find the bodies of three of the four missing victims Like over the next two years. So they had a trial in 2008. Michelle was found guilty of the murders of all seven of the victims whose bodies had been recovered. Um, He was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Uh, Monique was also sentenced to life with no possibility of parole for 28 years. They were also uh, ordered to pay 1.5 million euros to family members of the victims. Neither one of them appealed their sentences. Michelle actually admitted to eight murders uh, prior to the trial in 2008. So, you know, he was just sentenced to seven of them because one of the bodies was not found. In February of 2018, uh, Michelle confessed to killing two more women. Uh, Marie-Angele Domeche I think, is how you pronounce her last name, who was 18 years old uh, and was disabled. Uh, That was in July 1988 that he said he did that. And Joanna Parrish, who was 20 years old, and she was actually British. She was a student uh, that was studying in France, and uh, he apparently killed her in May 1990. So in November of 2018, so just a couple years ago, uh, these two chuckle fucks were convicted of the murder of uh, Farida Hamish. That was the wife of the gang member that you know they went and killed and they took all the money that was uh the last that was the eighth woman woman that he had confessed to killing um thank you very much Jeffy art congrats on the new job jenny can't be easy to work with a long commute and provide us with great content well thank
2: you very much thanks thank you very much she's got a couple ways she can go it'll work out
1: yeah we're gonna it's like i said everything's just kind of up in the air at the moment we're kind of like moving things around and she's in
2: demand she's getting a lot of offers yeah, we're seeing how we're, we're see seeing it. how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> we're seeing how it goes. Yeah. But yeah.
1: So because he was convicted of that eighth murder, um he was given a second life sentence and then Monique got another 20 years uh in prison. And then in March of 2020, Michelle comes out and says, "Oh, by the way, I killed somebody else." As well. I'm like, "Jesus Christ, it's never going to end." Um, he said that he killed another woman named Estelle Mouzin, who had disappeared uh, in 2003. Unfortunately, this fuckface is dead. He died uh, May 10th, 2021. He was 79 years old. Uh, he died of respiratory failure. Monique Olivier is still alive, however, uh, and is still serving that life sentence uh, for her, you know, admitted role in some of the killings. But uh, they're kind of. I was just reading an article that was published a couple months ago, where they were talking about um, they might put Monique on trial like again because of the four disappearances like between 1988 and 2003. Because she's basically like the only defendant left, because now Michelle is dead and they can't like get him for any more stuff. So they might actually put her on trial for more things like foreclosure and stuff, but I don't really know because some of the cases were still unresolved and, you know, they haven't found bodies and things like that. So sh- so she's still kind of on the hook for all that shit, even though he fucking died. But like I said, he was, I mean, he was older. He was 79, but, you know, it's it's sad that he probably didn't suffer as much as he made other people suffer, but... Yeah, it's
2: it's not justice for these motherfuckers. To, it never is, really. I no. mean...
1: It's it's kind of yeah. shitty like cuz you would think of of all the people that deserve like cuz i you know most people I, I don't think like deserve anything like really bad to happen to them but like people like this yeah, yeah i mean yeah
2: i go old testament on the motherfucker yeah. you know you're talking about if you're doing that to other people you, you if it, that extreme shit like that then that needs to be done to you man fucking just say it okay you, i'm not into this looking moral high ground and stuff oh well, we we would never do that I, no just call me. I'll take care of it. Fucking No. Dudes like that just can't you just can't let that shit go. I mean, that's just my opinion. I mean,
1: particularly in cases like uh, this. Like I said, I'm usually real these are like children
2: and shit, he's doing this. Right.
1: Thing. Like I, I said, it depends on the crimes. I'm not real yeah. things like oh was they were a bank robber or, or something dudes like fighting that. Or it out in a bar. Or something like that. Yeah, that's, that's, not, I that's I don't, that's, I don't give a shit about that. about that. I'm not talking about that. Yeah, yeah. Um we're talking about these kind of people. Yeah. These like fucking serial killers You're that have absolutely no
2: going way out of their way to hurt fucking people who fucking are just super innocent underage fucking girls. You know? And right.
1: I don't think, and yeah. w- I mean, we've discussed this before, but it's like, I, I think like to an extent they, I don't, they can't be fixed. I don't think no. like people like that. I don't think they can be fixed. No, They can
2: only be punished you know. Yeah.
1: And I'm not saying that just all criminals across yeah. the board because some criminals like, you know, that aren't serial killers obviously, but have done things when they were younger and then they went to prison for a while or or they, you know, got out and then they were normal members of society again. But serial killers, I don't really think that
2: I, saw, I don't really think you can fix that. I saw some studies done by some psychologists. I guess they were kind of like based psychologists. They said that they could detect antisocial behavior in boys, by age two, 6% of them bite, fight, scratch, attack, and steal from other kids. Yeah. And it's 6% of them. And it's consistent One, by age two. They're like that their entire lives. Those are the ones that end up in prisons. And Now, some people end up in prison. They're not of that demographic. Right. So it's not quite the same thing. But the ones that they do these studies can identify by age two? No, that's them right there. That's them. Now, they're not all as bad as one another. You know what I mean? But chances are, those are your convicts right there. You know? So, it makes you wonder, if you have the fucking ability to, ability to, to detect them by age two, should you go ahead and fucking prime crime prevention and do like very late-term abortion? Recycle them bitches? Or are you going to say, well, there's a rate of error, you know what I mean? And you might kill some of them that fucking weren't that bad. Right.
1: That's the thing. It's like, that's where you get shitty. And like, we might talk about this a little bit when we talk about Gattaca too, because this kind of goes into that a little bit as well. Like genetic determinism is what you're talking about. Pretty much. Because, you know, and I'm not denying that it's like a lot of times you know, we've talked about tons of serial killers on this show where it's like, yeah, they were fucked up like from kids. They were torturing animals and shit like that. Yeah. But a lot of them weren't. Yeah. Too. And the thing about it also is that sometimes some kids like that, because I knew some kids that were pretty fucked up like as kids, but they turned out, they grew up and they turned out normal. So it's like you don't Ever know like right. how that person's gonna do it? And I think most people, ninety-nine point nine 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 percent of humans, obviously yeah. like happily would no, would not kill a two-year-old kid. Like no yeah. matter how fucking brain. Well, you have a to be a very kid.
2: special kind of person to do that. Okay, <laughs> a very yeah. psychopathic. Yeah, yeah, person. yeah, well, you might be able to get robots to do it. Right. you've been living with a high-tech society now
1: but like I said you can't the person that you're talk, telling the future and you, you can't the, tell the, the future the person
2: that was discuss, the people that were discussing this case is, didn't talk along those lines pretty much but what they said was as if there was a way to contain that six percent at around age two or three to keep them so they didn't have interaction with the mainstream of society crime would be reduced by about 80 percent because that's them. All right.
1: Yeah, I mean, so if
2: you're in a totalitarian society like some out of North Korea, you do what must be done. Do what must be done, Lord Vader, and you fucking take take those out. And then you would have it'd be like the uh, it would be like natural selection, okay, to where you're now animal breeding, which having a background in farms and breeding of horses and then thoroughbred horses and stuff, eugenics. is what you're talking about. That's them. If you reduce that, you could sterilize them, do something else with them, make them some kind of worker. That's the same as killing them because they're not putting their genes back into the gene pool. A Generation later, you won't have that problem. Uh, that in this, there has been certain states, you know, in Appalachia and shit, back in the 20s when they were doing 30s when they were doing the eugenics movement, crime got a lot better when they started sterilizing all them hillbillies. Because they, they weren't inbreeding anymore, and they weren't fucking fighting and killing people, and you know it, it does work. It's is it cold? Yeah, it's cold, but it's effective. It's very effective. It's just like with any other animal. Um, now you see, are humans animals? Yeah, humans are animals. They they better be, because you don't want them to be machines. Because that's even worse. If you ask me. You don't want AI and robots and all that kind of shit. You just improve humans; it'd be a lot better. I agree with fucking Frank Hubert and fucking Dune and shit. Fucking you know, <laughs> just improve the humans, and things will be a lot better. Just have to find a humane way of doing it. You need a good system. Now, would it would it be constitutional as far as the American? No, no, it wouldn't. We're just talking, you know. We're just talking. You're just talking. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm considering it, you know. Just considering what what the ramifications would be. It'd be better, like with Gattaca, is that you just genetically engineer the, the kids to where they're intelligent and they're not like that, or you uh, prevent you prevent certain kinds of people from being able to have children. Get them out of the gene pool. And that would prevent a lot of it. You need some of it, but you don't need that much of it. You know.
1: Ben said, when they drained uh Ed- Eduardo's? Eduardo's Park Lake up the road from me a few years ago, they found a couple of hundred cars. Were there people in them? Probably the people throwing cars away. I mean, I would imagine. Yeah. But it's like, you would think that at least one yeah. of those would have a body in yeah. it. I've seen Psycho. I know what happens. Uh, Ben says, I have to head out. Thanks for the stream. Have a happy Valentine's Day. Thank you very much. Thank Thank you very much. much. Yeah, we're going to do it. We'll do another show before Valentine's Day, but this was like the big main show before Valentine's Day because I think... When is Valentine's Day? Tuesday, right?
2: Let me go look on the calendar.
1: I think it's Tuesday. Because I was looking and I was just like, oh shit, this is the last main show before Valentine's Day, so maybe we should do like another Killer Couples episode even though we've done a bunch of those, but they're always kind of, like, fun to do. Yeah,
2: today is the 8th. Valentine's Day is the 14th. Well, I know it's the
1: 14th. Yes, yeah. so what, that is that's a Tuesday. Tuesday. That's Tuesday. Next Tuesday. Okay. Yeah. That's when it is. <sighs> All right. So, we've been going almost two hours. Yeah, okay. That's a good show. So, I know, I feel bad, because <laughs> Jen Dubois, I'm here late. Hi. <laughs> you missed it. <laughs> yeah, we actually started late, because... Uh, yeah, I didn't actually get home until six, and then so we started at like seven thirty, yep. and I said, "Well, I'm kind of tired, so we're not trying to going to try and not go too long." But we went almost two hours, which is pretty good. But uh, yeah, so sorry you got here late, but I gotta go. To you, sleep. Are you hungry at all? No. Okay. All
2: right, no. Check. No, because I, I eat when we eat. all right. shut Shut that shit down, Jenny. Shut all
1: down. right. So we will be back on Friday night uh doing our sidetrack show, I guess. Um, yeah, but it will probably be later in the night again. Like it'll probably we'll probably start at about seven or seven thirty, depending on whatever time I get home, but we're still gonna do one, so that should be like really fun. Uh Michael said you got a job. I'm sorry, yeah. (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. Running out of money, so I had to get uh I had to get a full time job, so yeah. So that's, that's why all the shows are getting pushed back and we're not putting up as much stuff and stuff like that, because I just don't have as much time to do it, but we'll, uh, we'll see how everything shakes out. We're, we're, we're going to find out how it goes. All right. So, uh, thank you everybody for dropping by. Thank you for all the super chats this evening. Remember to like and share and comment, uh, really helps with the algorithm and we will see you guys again on Friday night. Good night.